I'm putting my hand down, doing a thing. Yep. Hey, Teresa, how you doing? Hey, I'm great. How are you doing, Leo? Uh, I've been better. So yeah. last episode, we talked about uh, the Mac Mini, right? Mm-hmm. And well, let's just say this. I spent a lot of money last week. Okay. Uh, so we talked last week about the Mac Mini, right? Yeah. And a lot of people use it for Plex server. So unfortunately, I got home from picking up the kids from school. I was like, if you do really good, you guys get to watch TV today because they really haven't been watching much TV. And they're drooling at the mouth because we signed up for Netflix. We usually like sign up for Netflix for about six months of the year. Um, and they and think the it's the best stuff. thing in the world, even though like most of the stuff on Netflix for kids is garbage, mm-hmm. like cheap flash animation type stuff that. Homestar Runner would be a hundred times better. So then I go downstairs to the basement and the home theater PC is off mm. and none of the buttons work on it. It was dead, like completely dead. Uh, and the kids were so disappointed. So I was like, oh, God. So I was like, whatever. It's an eight year old computer. This stuff happens. So this was already Tuesday night. This would have been like right after the presentation, which I'd already planned on buying some other stuff, which we'll talk about later. And so anyway, I went on Amazon. I was like, whatever. I'm going to buy a motherboard and CPU and new power supply because I don't even know what's broken. Um, Anyway, it ended up costing like 200 bucks. It wasn't that bad. So I ordered that the night. Um, And then I did the stupid Apple fanboy thing and got set an alarm for 2.30 in the morning to order my new phone and watch, which we'll talk about later. And I can just tell you that the phone and watch combo was probably about 10 times more than the PC combo. Yeah. Uh, Which tells you a lot like where we are technology wise that my phone and watch cost more than a full desktop computer, more or less. I guess it's not like, so what I ordered, I ordered a motherboard, a CPU. I had to order new RAM because old RAM doesn't work with the new stuff and a power supply. So like the thing that plugs the power from the wall to, to the actual computer. And I like that, that cost me like about 200 bucks. And uh, I didn't buy a case. I didn't buy a hard drive or any of that stuff. Cause I already had all that. I'm just going to cannibalize what I already have, what I can. Right. And like, yeah. So now we are where we are with, uh, with my phone and my watch costing a lot more, uh, than it used to. Yep. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just from looking over the highlights and stuff from the event, yeah, the uh, stuff's just creeping up more and more. I will say this. The presentation was a lot more dense with content than typically okay. with a lot of these events. And I, I mean, they only went through three pro. I'll just say three products, um, but they went through them. Pretty, it went pretty efficiently, and I mean, they spent a lot talking about, uh, especially the watch. It seems like okay, um, and then they talked a good deal about the new phone, like especially the features about the new phone that distinguish it from the ten. And then they talked quite a bit about the ten R, which um, is probably the second most important of the three uh, products. I'll say, yeah. Um, Okay, so for me, I've never watched one of these things before. I don't know. I don't really have a background in any of this stuff. Like, I I just don't, you know, I hear about things. It's kind of societal, cultural stuff, but I don't follow it at all. So 
for me, it was just funny to watch. I felt like it's kind of a religious event almost, you know, there's like this guy on stage and kind of walking around like that cool pastor kind of, you know, vibe and. <laughs> and like you know the way they dress and like I, and I don't know if they, if they get it from that kind of independent church or the church has taken it from them or or what but it, it's just it's strange to me and I saw the there was like the Mission Impossible intro thing they had you know so it just it's it's just fascinating to me how much time and money and energy they pour into this stuff, you know, and, and then to see all the people and they're cheering and they're excited, you know, like they're at a concert or, or something. You know? yeah. It's just, yeah. Bizarre. Yeah. I mean, they've said it's, yeah, I understand. It's, they've definitely set a precedent. It seems like, cause now everybody follows that template when they do like new products. Uh, Google does it. Amazon does it. Uh, Microsoft does it. A lot of these like game companies, you'll see they do kind of the same thing. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it seems like it's a template that everybody now follows. Um, just for me, being someone that really has never seen any of this stuff, it was pretty like strange. You know, whereas I think probably if for folks that have watched this stuff for years or whatever, it's just kind of normal. They probably don't notice it. So, I, mean, well, I saw that last Tuesday was a lot less stranger than I've seen other events. And it just it seemed to I'll be honest, it just it did seem more efficient and more like, all right, let's talk about the watch. OK, let's talk about the tennis or and like there wasn't a lot. It didn't seem like there was as much fluff as there used to be. It seemed like the 10s and the 10s Max were definitely not the most important piece of the presentation. It's just kind of how much more can we make this cost? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does cost the same, but yeah, there's more guts in it. And the 10s Max was more or less $100 more. So like you could tell they're definitely putting a lot more guts into it maybe to future proof it because I don't know how much of that is useful. Now the camera, we'll talk about that later, but like the camera seems like the biggest upgrade in some of the neural network machine learning stuff as well, which I'm hoping means that the face detection and the face ID stuff is actually faster. So we'll see a uh, big somebody who hasn't used face ID. Cause I have a eight plus or had an eight plus I should say. Okay. So has it just been slow previously or what do you mean by it being faster well based on a lot what a lot of people have said is that face id while it's not necessarily slow is not as fast as say the touch id used to be so it's not bad in the sense it wasn't as bad as it was when like touch id first came out and how slow that was but more slow in the sense of not being as fast as what people would consider more convenient, I guess. Or like expect it to yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so just in the sense of how our culture now just kind of, we expect everything to be instantaneous. So if it's not, we're annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. Exactly. Um, and, and I mean, I haven't heard a lot of bad things about it. I've just heard um, the more, the bigger complaint, honestly, with face ID is the fact that you pretty much have to have your face more or less in front of the phone, like, parallel so if sometimes your phone is a little bit off uh, or you're not at the right angle it takes it, it, you have to manually unlock the phone using a code hmm. interesting okay so the new phone 
is the Max, which is essentially the same size as the Plus phone. But it didn't really interest me. Um, I'm somebody who had uh, 8 Plus, and I... I'm getting the 10s, um, not the 10s Max, because quite frankly, I want a smaller phone. Uh, I don't need that big of a phone anymore, and I think the 10 size, the 10 10s size, is sufficient for me. And one of the big selling points for me with the Plus was always the dual cameras on the back and the superior camera technology that was on the Plus size phones, but. I'm not getting there. It seems like very little difference besides the size between the 10s and the 10s max. Yeah. Well, and that's why when I was reading some of this stuff, I just thought, am I missing something? Because it didn't really seem to be a difference that I could detect. I think it'll be interesting to see if there's an actual audience that wants that large size phone. I think there is. And I'm sure that Apple is going to make quite a bit of money off of it because how much they're charging for these maxes. But like, I feel no, I, I, I liked having a larger phone um, screen wise, but like, I don't feel that I don't, I don't need that much. And according to a lot of the reviews I was watching today and reading today, um, it's almost now that you've gotten rid of the bevel, I guess at the top and the home button at the bottom, since a lot of more of it is screen, it's even more difficult to reach to the top with one hand. I already feel like my hands are starting to be in pain from using a plus size phone and reaching across in a lot of ways. So like that, that as well just doesn't incentivize me uh, to get a, to get a max. Wow. That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought about it, but it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And I want to, I'll link to the verge uh, review that's on YouTube, but he was just saying like, okay, I mean, they do have the reachability function, which allows you to, I don't know what the gesture is on a 10 phone, but on the uh, plus you could like double tap on the home button, not press, but double tap and the half of the screen will come down. So that way you can reach stuff. But like, Nobody uses that feature. I never used it, even on the Plus phone. It's just going to add another gesture that people have to memorize and do whenever they want to do something simple, like just tap on an app. So, I mean, I'm not dissing the Max. It's not for me. I think there is a market of people who want that big size phone, and you could totally see why they're getting rid of the iPad mini, because that's essentially not that much smaller than an iPad mini. But... um yeah, I, I think that it's interesting. There isn't much difference besides size, which isn't to say that's not much between the Max and the standard 10s. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing that I remember hearing in some of this stuff was just about the the speed aspect of these. Um, but I can't say I really understood it when it's talking about, I don't know, it was running like five trillion things at the same time or something i was like i don't even know what that means or why <laughs> is, is that like a discernible difference you know like I, I feel like at some point when things get faster it's like well fast and faster or like can i just a normal person even tell it seems like based on a lot of the reviews people can't really tell a big difference between how much faster this new phone is the 10 s phones and the 10 phones so It'll be interesting to see. I think it's more maybe. So first of all, I think it's to appeal to a certain audience that knows. And we'll post an article later this week um, from Kevin Scott about we did an interview with him about machine learning. 
And I think machine learning is a big deal. So obviously they're trying to appeal to that growing trend by talking about uh, neural nets and um, all the upgrades they're making to the processor there. But I think that, yeah, to the average user, does that really like make a difference? No, I don't think it doesn't seem like it. And maybe as I get to use the 10s a little bit more, we can talk about that. But for now, um, yeah, I don't think it's going to show a lot until maybe we get to like iOS 14 in a couple of years. And we have a lot of those features in there. Yeah. It just seemed to me in, 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 in there was that article that you shared, too, just kind of about people just are ready to have the latest and greatest. And so it makes me wonder, too, like when it comes to like not having discernible differences, but yet you still have that kind of I had the phrase conspicuous consumption comes to mind. I'm not sure if that's the most accurate, but just kind of I have the latest and coolest iPhone and I feel very good about it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, we'll talk about the 10R and how they're positioning that. But I think that's going to be an interesting thing to see. I don't, they usually don't break down the numbers, but some people try to break down the numbers. We'll see how sales go. Uh, well, So what did you mean by break down the numbers? Oh, when they do the sales figures, since it's a public company, they have they can um, they don't break down the numbers of iPhone sales by different models. They just release a big number. And sometimes people try to like decipher, OK, well, then I'm curious how many people bought a 10S over a 10R or 10S Max over a 10R and 10S. So, yeah, that's what I mean by break down the numbers. One thing I did see when I was kind of doing some of these overview posts and stuff was a, a mention that they're not going to make the 10 anymore. And from the little I know, it's, it seems like that hasn't even been out a year. Is that correct? That was the phone that they showed off last year. Yeah. Is that typical to kill something in less than a year? Yeah, they've done that before where they haven't kept the old phone on. And I think part of it is that they want people to either buy a 10S or a 10R and this is kind of the new iteration that I think maybe they feel is a little bit more solid when it comes to that. So that's probably why they're still not selling the 10. Does that kind of answer your question? I just was kind of surprised because I was as I was looking through the different things, you know, they're still selling phones from quite a few years yeah. ago. And so I just found it strange that they're going to deep six this newer one. Um, I get what you're saying, but I guess... And, you know, I don't know what kind of production goes into these or whatever that you know, I just kind of feel like, well, if you've already made it, well, I just keep, if people want to buy it. I mean, why don't you offer it? I don't know. Well, they don't want to make they don't want to make the 10 anymore. They want to just make the 10s. I mean, people can still buy a 10 if they want to used right or off of another dealer uh, or uh, like another carrier if they still have some. So I, I don't think it's necessarily the end of the 10 so much as they're like, this is the next iteration of the 10. If this is. If you want a 10, buy a 10S or a 10R. Yeah. Okay. So did you, you sell your 10? You mentioned that previously you were going. I had an 8 plus. Oh, okay. And then I sold my 8 plus and I bought a SE, which they are no longer selling anymore. And that was the last model of that size that they made. So they had like the 5, 5S and the SE. I think the SE is like a couple of years old. They're not selling anymore that size phone, which is really interesting. My quick review of the SE, and I, I might post one if I have time, but um, it's a nice phone to have. It's a good size for a phone, but it's not a good size for a communication device that uses the screen. 
Does that make any sense? Meaning like texting and stuff or? Yeah, like so going from an eight plus to like that size of a phone when you're doing texting, it's painful. (laughs) It is. It is really hard for me to like hit the right letter now that I'm so used to such a big screen phone. Like I'm constantly fumbling, hitting the wrong letter on the SE. It's a little bit slower. The camera's not as good. The screen is certainly not as good as the 8 Plus. Like I definitely can tell it's a lower resolution screen. So especially in light, it's not as easy to see. When I'm outside, it's pretty painful to be able to look at anything on the screen. The battery life is not as good as the 8 Plus was. Um, And so I totally see why they're not selling this type of phone anymore. I think there's a lot of people that are like that size, and I understand it. If you use your phone very rarely, it's like, for instance, it's like when I was taking a call on this thing, it's like, oh, yeah, this is how normal people hold a phone. (laughs) But like, I don't use my phone to do phone calls very much. It's I hate making phone calls. Or if I do... um, I'm going to have like a Bluetooth headset on. Yeah, that's like my quick review of the SE. It's it's the cheapest modern phone I can get. And um, but Apple's not selling them anymore. I don't think that size is the size of the future. I think people want bigger screens and that's just way, way too small to to do anything with. So which did you order now? I ordered the 10s. I, I was pretty on board with getting a smaller size phone and getting whatever is newer Um and I'm hoping like this lasts me at least three years um, before even thinking about getting another phone. Uh, I like my eight plus, but I need something smaller. And um, I, I just started feeling as a developer, it was really difficult for me to understand uh, what it's like to develop for a 10 size phone because of how different it is. So I'm just like, well, I, I need to really get the latest. So I got the 10s. So we'll see how that goes. We'll talk about that maybe on a future podcast. Cool. We'll forward to about that. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to talk about the X or the 10 R now? You said, you Here, said X. You're banished. Well, I'm so naive. Can we say this? Can we say uh, this? That the names are dumb. Yeah. Like they're really <laughs> dumb. Like, I don't know what the heck they're going to do next year, but like these names are just, <sighs> you know, when you watch a movie and you're like, what the heck are they doing? Like, why, why is this happening? And then you read later, it's like, Oh, because like they're trying to appeal to the Chinese audience. Like, I feel like that's exactly what Apple's doing here. It's like, Oh, these names don't make any sense to 90% of Americans. I wonder if they're doing this because it makes sense in Bangladesh and like, or whatever, or China, because you know, we got, we want that Chinese money so badly. I mean, which I'm not saying anything bad about that. I'm just like, it's, that's the only reason I can think these names make sense to anybody is like, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point because I remember, I don't know if it's as bad now, but it was like five years ago where like all the cars were called like CRX yeah, 400. that's what they sound like. Don't they sound like car model names? Yeah, and it's like how the I can't remember that, you know. Now, if you give me a name like Impala, like I'm going to remember that. But these letters and numbers, it's just, it's a barcode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This like feels focus groupy, or maybe appealing to like a Chinese because they don't make any sense. And I think like I'm curious if you go into an Apple store and you say X, if they're going to correct you, right. Yeah, not correct you, but be like saying it in the uh, say, to you to help right. you realize. <laughs> right. Yeah, like 
Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I've never been in an Apple store. I would be curious if they're what, what that's I'm going like. to do that. I think the next time I go, I got to take back one of my watches. And so uh, we'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, how they say it back to me. Yeah, let me know. Because when I read it, even though I know it's 10, in my mind, I still right. think X. So what do they do next here? Like, are they going to do XI? Like, are they going to do just 1-1? One, one? Are they, like, I don't, they should drop the numbers. They should just say the new iPhone. Like, that's what they did with the iPad, and that works out fine. So, anyways, I don't get it. What do you like, not Roman numerals? Yeah. I mean, because here's the other thing. Like, I don't know how many people actually understand Roman numerals I don't think anymore. That, and like, you can't do a Roman numeral and a letter. Like, that's the biggest problem this year is like, yeah, yeah. there's no there's no font well, styling to signify something as a Roman numeral as opposed to being a alphabet uh, character. Right. Yeah. Especially when you get into the big right. numbers. Yeah. Like M, M and yeah. Like, yeah. So unless you do crossword puzzles, you probably don't even know the Roman numeral right, anyway. Right. And it's like fine when you get to maybe like up to like 49, like pretty much anybody can do that. Well, not 49, I guess like what, 44 when you have to like start doing the subtraction and put the one number before the other. It's like, yeah, yeah. You know, I wonder if Romans, he actually used Roman numerals. They probably switched. Anyway, side side topic. So so the 10 R, what's what do you think about that? That's really interesting. So I'm going to share the uh, Stratechery article. Um, ben Thompson talked about how Apple positions its cheaper phones, um, not cheap phones, cheaper phones. I want to make that clarification because I know. Uh, normal people probably think spending 750 on a phone is a little bit ridiculous, but um, that I remember when they released the five C and how they're really trying to compete with the Android cheap Android phone market. And that was a bust. And I think they've really learned their lesson from that. And last year we saw the eight kind of released as a cheaper phone. And uh, as a person who purchased an eight plus, uh, it was not a cheap phone by any means, but also wasn't a bad phone. It was a fantastic phone. It pretty much had the same guts as the 10. I mean, that's what I remember when I watched the presentation last year and it was like, well, the 10 is the phone of the future. 10 is the phone of the future. And then I'm looking at it like, I don't want to do uh, an emojis. Like, yeah, if I don't want to do an emojis and I'm just going to use the rear camera, what the heck am I buying a 10 for? Yeah, I'm going to save 300 bucks by buying an eight plus, And that's what I ended up doing. Um, and that was an awesome phone. I think that kind of the 10 R is their eight or eight plus of this year. And it's, it's certainly a cheaper phone, but it has like a lot of the same guts as the 10s has. It actually has the same guts as the 10s has. Um, and we'll talk about the difference but i think this year it's a way to like say hey look it looks so much cheaper than the 10s even though it's not that cheap but then maybe in like a couple of years they'll drop the price by 200 bucks and you're talking it's a 550 phone so they're only selling the 7 8 10r and 10s so next year they'll probably drop the 7 the year after that they'll drop the 8 and that means all iPhones will not have a home button. And for Apple and for a lot of developers out there, that'll be a lot nicer to have that consistency in design when designing apps. Because now you know every phone, new phone, is going to not have a home button. Now, obviously, there's still going to be people with 8s and 7s in a couple of years, but that 
will make the 10 R a lot more reasonable to a lot of people. Um, and like when you come out with that 2020 year and you have like two new models of 10 style phones by then the 10 R um, will totally look reasonable. And I'm sure they'll keep, if this is a success, they'll be coming out with a 10 R every year, more or less, because I think it's going to be a pretty appealing phone and may even be the biggest seller because it's going to move a lot of six folks over to the 10, your six and your six S folks. Um, and we'll talk about maybe the biggest difference with the success being the 3d touch is gone. Like if a lot of people don't use 3d touch, which may be the case, then what really are you losing if you're using a six phone? Yeah, I uh, was talking to a friend the other night and she was saying that she has a six that she's been hanging on to, I think, for three and a half years. And she's been like happy enough with it, but I think can tell it's starting to have a little struggling a little and stuff. But she's just not feeling like she can afford to get another one. And so I was kind of curious, you know, this was before the event, um, what the price was going to end up being, because I was wondering if she would want to make that jump or not. Um, But yeah, I'd be curious to check back in with her now that we have prices and see if, if she would, or if she would now see, okay, well, the seven is just 450. So maybe she could at least upgrade to that. I mean, I don't know. So, the six was originally sold in 2014 for 650, and the six plus was sold for 750. That's exactly the same price as the 10R. So, to your friend, if she owns a six or a six plus, like that would be totally reasonable to get a 10R because it's practically the same same price. Um, so, like a 750 phone is essentially. Well, it's a cheaper of the three models, but it was the more expensive phone five years ago. I think I think it's an interesting positioning. So what what's different between this one and like the 10S? Does your friend have a 6 or a 6S? I don't know. Okay. You might not know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't. But like one of the big innovations with the 6S was 3D Touch. I did own a 6S Plus. I really liked 3D Touch, but... I think 90% of people don't even know it's there. What is 3D Touch? Yeah, so basically what 3D Touch is, I almost would call it like the right click of the phone. But essentially, if you press harder on your phone, in a lot of ways, it'll bring up um, a separate menu or bring up extra... It's like three. It's like right click. I don't know how to describe it, but basically, depending on how how much pressure you apply to the screen, it'll bring up an extra menu of items. So, for instance, on like the home screen, if you press hard on an app and like say it's an email app, it'll show, hey, do you want to like you can click on I mean, even saying click, you can touch on new email, you can touch check inbox, you can touch um, various things. Um, So or like if it's the photos app, it'll say, hey, do you want to look at this album? Do you want to like share a photo? And in other words, it's like a way to get shortcuts to different features within an app. Um, So 3D Touch, I like it. I use it a lot. But just working with my wife, for instance, who just got her seven, like she doesn't know how to use it. And I think a lot of people don't because it's almost one of those gestures that you have to learn. So the 3D 3D Touch is not in the 10R. So that's really interesting, and I think it's not going to matter a lot to a lot of people, honestly. Is it in the 10S? Yes. So 6S, 6S Plus, 7, 7, 7s, 8s, 10, 10S all have 
3D Touch. It's been in their line for like five years. But it's just I don't think it's used a lot. And they look at it as a way to cut costs. And I think it's probably a good way to do it, even though I'm a big fan of 3D Touch. Obviously, I'm buying a 10S. I'll be using 3D Touch. But for somebody who owns a 10R, like they have a different name for what they have, like haptic touch, which essentially like mimics 3D touch, but like it doesn't really measure your pressure. Just like I think it's like a long touch and then the phone pretends acts like you're pressing hard, kind of how the home button works since they removed the physical home button back in the seven model, I want to say. So like before that, it actually was a physical button. And then like after that, the home button was basically the fakes pressing by using the vibrate feature. And I think that's kind of what they're doing with the 10R is like faking pressing hard by using haptics. Then the other thing we had talked about this in episode two about how they're possibly going to remove the second camera on the cheaper phone, which is what they did here. Um, So we only have one lens on the back. So it's a single rear lens camera. However, it seems like they're still allowing portrait mode. And essentially they're doing a lot of like the machine learning stuff to create portrait mode on the 10R. It seems like this phone has a lot more color choices. Yeah. And it seems like they're not only appealing with price, but appealing with color, I guess. I put a case on my phone, so I couldn't care less. But right. I think to a lot of people, maybe that matters. Going back to the thing about the 5C. So the 5C came in a variety of colors as well, but it came across as like the cheap phone. And they're certainly mm-hmm. trying hard to make the 10R not look like the cheap phone. But also they're trying to appeal to the masses by showing how much variety it has in the color choices that there are. Does that make sense? Yeah, I just find it strange. I mean, because it seems like most people do have cases, so I don't know why it matters. But do you think that's true? I don't know. Well, I guess I have mixed feelings because here's the other thing. And I don't know if this is just the people I'm around, but I feel like I see so many people with broken iPhone, you know, cracked and stuff. Right. Like I was talking to a guy at work the other day and he had a case, but he took it off and showed me how the whole back of his iPhone shattered. So it's unclear to me if he had the case before or after that happened. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have broken phones with the shattered screens. And so I, I've never, I've once shattered an iPhone, but I have Apple Care, uh, which is expensive, but I want to protect my stuff. So uh, I think I paid like 80 bucks to replace the phone. And that was like, yeah, that was uh, my six, I think it was my six plus that I like broke twice. One was like water damage and the other one was getting it stuck in the recliner and then getting crushed. And like both times I was just like, fine, I'll just pay the 80 bucks and replace it. Like, but a lot of people like they don't buy insurance on it. They don't buy anything. And then they like don't really take care of it. And I'm, I'm not criticizing because it's not important to a lot of people, but they're just like, well, has a broken screen, has a broken screen. Well, I guess that's what's weird to me. And, and I mean, I guess it's just maybe a personality thing, whatever, but I feel like I see a lot of broken iPhones. Therefore, to me, I kind of think maybe they're more apt to break. So why wouldn't you at least get a case? So all that being said, I guess I had in my mind, whoa, people are going to want to protect their investment. They're going to get a case. Therefore, why do you care about different colors? But clearly, I that's maybe not reality. I don't know. Yeah, maybe you get a 10R. You don't get a case on it because you want to show off the color on it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
And just a uh, kind of a side note. So this year, the phones are all being sold in three three storage sizes. They have the 64, the 256, and now a half terabyte, 512 gigs. And that's a lot of space. I had 256 on my like ideally i would get 128 but they obviously know that's ideal so then they may force you to choose between 64 and 256 (laughs) i had 256 i'm still getting 256 because i still want to have more than what i needed because of the way storage works it always ends up being that you need more than what you have because things take up more space i don't think a lot of people need that i record video so i want to have that space on there but I think um, most people probably could be fine with 64. Even I would go so far as to say 32 gigs. If you're going to get a 10R and you're not doing a lot of video, then I think you're fine just getting a 64 gig. The other thing about the 10R is it's not being released until October 26. So pre-orders, you can't do that for another month on the 16th and then the release. Positioning wise, I think it's interesting that it's the cheaper phone, but they're putting a lot of promotion around the 10R. It's kind of going to be the 10 in terms of sales this year, but in terms of positioning, it's much more like the 8. Because um, I think they just want to get a lot of people off the home button, and this is their way of doing it. So a few other things is the resolution is not as high. So the other ones are uh, 3, 3X resolution, mm, the 10S and 10S Max, as well as the 8 Plus was uh, kind of a 3X Um but the 10R is just 2x resolution, so it doesn't even do uh, 1080p on that screen, which to some people who watch videos on their phone, that matters. Yeah. And then it's LCD, not OLED, which we had talked about as well in a previous episode. So uh, one thing you'll notice is the contrast is not quite as high as on the 10 so your difference between your blacks and your whites aren't as much there. And the screen actually doesn't go edge to edge. Um, If you look at some of the pictures, you'll notice there's more of a border because of the way LCD works. You can't go all the way to the edge of the screen. So that's the other issue with going LCD. So those are the four major differences. The 3D touch not being there, the single camera instead of the dual camera on the back, but still doing portrait mode, the 10x resolution and the LCD, liquid LCD, I should say, which is supposed to be better than the 8 um, but not OLED. So why do you think they decided to release this one so much later than the other two? I think to appeal more, but it might also be a manufacturing thing. I'm not sure on that exactly. I think they really want to test the waters on this cheaper style phone um, because I think they really, I think it might eat to the Android market, but more so I think it will get a lot of people on sixes over to a 10 R because I think that's what you're, that's your people right there is your six and your six S people who might be yeah. like ready to upgrade. And they're going to be deciding between getting they're not going to get a 10 S, but they might get either an eight or they might get a 10 R. Um, unless they need the top of the line phone, then, of course, you're going to get a 10 S or 10 S max. 
Um, because yeah, if you're already using a plus size phone, you may want to stay with that size and get a 10s Max. And also the other interesting thing with the 10R, we didn't even get into, but it's the size, it's not as smaller than the 10s, but it's actually bigger than the 10s, but smaller than the 10s Max, which we had talked about previously. And going back to my thing about the SE, like that small mm. size phone just isn't useful anymore. And they see that, and so they think a lot of people actually would want a phone that's in between those two sizes. Uh, and that's, I think, the appeal of the 10R. So I personally am not interested in having a huge phone because I feel like I I don't like carrying big purses. So part of it is, is it's a phone that will yeah. fit in a purse that's not luggage. <laughs> and, and it's 2018 and we don't make pockets for women. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, that's a whole different thing. So it's like, yeah, if I'm wearing jeans or something, you know, I would like it to fit easily in my back pocket or something if I don't really feel like carrying a purse. And then if I have a purse, you know, is it is there room in the purse for the thing? You know, so... I don't know. It's just, it's all very weird. And I've heard different speculations about women in pockets and things, which is whatever. But um, yeah, so there's that aspect of it too. Like, I don't want to be carrying around a small book, you know, like if I... I want a book. And that's, and that's the way that's the way I thought of the plus is like a book. And I, I mean that as a compliment, like it, like it's my little notebook I take with me. Like people have little notebooks with pens. Like that's what I saw the plus as yeah. it's like essentially a little notebook that I took with me. Um, yeah, it's funny because having the SE, it's like, oh, this is what it's like when something fits comfortably in your pockets. Mm-hmm. Like because, yeah, the eight just sitting down trying to pull stuff off, out of your pockets was always a pain. Yeah. But on the flip so, side, I think we get used to a certain size. I actually this week or last week fooling around and I had an old iPod touch second generation that I was trying to get working and I did. And then I also had a, a Nano and the Nano was so small that, you know, it's like I threw it in my purse so I could listen to some music at work that I haven't listened to in ages because I haven't been using my Nano. And I was like, whoa, where is it? Is it in here? Where where did it go? You know, because it just like slips right down to the bottom and (laughs) it's so little. So, you know, I don't know. At some point, too, there is kind of the like, it's too small, you lose it kind of a thing. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. With having these different phones, uh, the newer phones, does that affect apps at all? Yeah. So Apple had put out already a bunch of videos about how to update your apps, which I will post in the notes. But essentially, I think there's two main things and one most important thing about developing apps with these new phones. One is the ML upgrades are even more so. So I think machine learning, if you're doing any machine learning, can definitely take advantage of that with these new iPhones because there's their Apple's going to continue to make these iPhones much faster and putting a lot more effort into the machine learning parts of these phones. So if you're doing anything with Core ML or augmented reality, you definitely um, want to get into gear. And I posted a blog about my experience at Twice Tri Swift back in. Uh, Labor Day weekend and just machine learning augmented reality is a big deal to Apple and it's a big deal to the industry and we'll post that blog post from Kevin uh, talking about his experience with machine learning on the Bright Digit website. It's it just confirms what I already know that machine learning is a big deal and we need to invest time in it. The other thing is the photography stuff. You can change what they call the bokeh. That was a word that they love to toss around. But bokeh is essentially how much blur uh, you have behind what you have in focus. So now with iPhone XS, 
you have the ability to change that after taking the picture, which is pretty darn awesome. Uh, as somebody who takes a ton of photos and probably uses the camera more than anything else on my iPhone, that was a huge deal. Yeah, I think there's going to be some more stuff that we can do with the camera and more stuff we can do with photos on the 10s uh, and the 10s Max, maybe the 10R. So I think anybody who does stuff with camera apps or photography apps definitely should look into the upgrades that are coming in the 10s. Then um, last and not least by any means is the screen, more screen, and probably we're going to slowly see the deprecation of the SE size, the 5s size, but especially. I think maybe in a couple of years, we'll slowly see the home button fade away. So make sure you design your apps for these larger screens. Make sure you're taking advantage of them and using auto layout and storyboard and all the stuff that Apple has set up for developers to make sure that your app looks good on any size screen. Gone are the days of designing for one screen size, if not two. And now we're almost moving into a territory where the web has gone, where you pretty much have to design for a variety of screens and maybe you have a couple of breakpoints, but design for bigger screens. I think that's the big message from from Apple when it comes to developing and upgrading your apps. And I think this affects businesses a lot because we're seeing the slow deprecation of small size phones, slow deprecation of home buttons. And um, I think... Yeah, I think in a couple of years, you might see a lot of businesses move to the 10R when they buy phones for their employees, because I think it's an appealing phone in a lot of ways. Wow, that was really interesting. I'm interested to learn all these things about the new phones, and it definitely gives me some stuff to think about as I start to consider an iPhone. And I'll definitely have information to pass along to my friends that are using old phones, too. Yeah, I think it's an interesting year. I really look forward to hearing what the sales end up being for the 10 R because it's an interesting positioning and um, also see how much people really want that big screen because other than the big screen, there isn't a big incentive to go with the max like there was going plus 